Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Rebecca F., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, June 26, 2017, and this is our 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are in Chapter 5, How It Works, on page 59. We will begin the reading with the second paragraph that starts with, here are the steps we took, and we'll read through all 12 steps ending on page 58 with, and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Then when we share, we will be focusing our comments on an overview of steps 10, 11, and 12. Today's readers are Kathy F., Marietta P., Mary B., Craig F., and Lisa B. Our newcomer greeter is Shannon B. The reference number for yesterday's Sunday, June 25, 2017's special edition meeting is 10086. 10086. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 Steps and 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Kathy F. to read the 12 Steps of OA. Hi, this is Kathy F. from Massachusetts, compulsive overeater. The 12 Steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible 
except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Pass. Thank you, Kathy F. I will now ask Marietta P. to read the 12 traditions of OA. Good morning, Marietta P. from Virginia. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends on OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority. A loving God is to may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never, be, ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. Thus, problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relation policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, other public media of communications. And twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions. Ever reminded us place principles before personalities. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Marietta P. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book in Chapter 5, How It Works, on page 59. 
We will begin the reading with the second paragraph that starts with, here are the steps we took, and we'll read through all 12 steps, ending on page 58, with, and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Then when we share, we will be focusing our comments on an overview of steps 10, 11, and 12. I will now ask Mary D. to get us going. Thank you very much. Can I be heard? I hear you, Mary B. Thank, Thank you, Rebecca. Mary B. Gratefully Recovered Compulsive Eater in Central California. Here are the steps we took which are suggested as a program of recovery. One, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to uh, to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Well, here we are, the heart of the program that I just read. And on Friday, we discussed steps four through nine, the, quote, hard part, close quote, uh, of this program. And I have the honor and the blessing of being able to share on our maintenance steps. Step 10. Well, step 10 is step four through nine that I get to work on a daily basis. But the difference is that I don't have to take myself apart bit by bit and get down to the nitty gritty every single day. The book, the big book tells me that I need to look for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment and fear every day. It tells me exactly how to do this and what I need to do when I find these characteristics. I have an old-fashioned sponsor who believes in taking pen to paper and writing it out that whatever is going on within will come out on that paper. We have so many ways of working these steps now with, you know, 
calling it in, texting it, talking it into our phone and iPad. But I find that what works for me is taking a pen to paper and discussing it with my sponsor after taking it to my higher power. I wish I had more time today because I had a wonderful example of how that step works on um, the weekend. But we continue to learn. On page 85, it says it's easy to let up on the spirit on our spiritual program. That's step 11. Um, and I am one of those people who would come uh, work, oh, just work like crazy. Everything is going great. I'm abstinent. I'm losing weight. I'm working. Hey, you know, this higher power thing really works. So I think I'll stop. Yes, I did that for quite a few years. I would just kind of drift away from the practice of prayer and meditation. One reason I'm in a vision for you, and I have been asked many times why, with so many years and my program was going great, why did I come to a vision for you and become active in this particular group? And my answer is because I continue to grow my maintenance program. I have a daily reprieve, which depends on maintaining my spiritual condition, but I believe even more in growing my spiritual condition, and I continue to do so. Then step 12, service. I have grown up in this program. I came in when I was 25. I'll be 80 on Sunday. Been here a long time. Uh, One of the um, principles that I was taught is that when there's a need, you fill it. When the secretary says, we need, you raise your hand before you even hear what it is the secretary needs. And we think of, of step 12 only as sponsoring, and that is a very important service. But there are so many ways to serve in this program. And I believe that service anchors me, including sponsoring, of course, very important to continue to give this, what I have received, away in order to keep it. But there are so many ways to serve, and it's very important to me. When I hear Leah say the calendar's open and she reads off the positions and the qualifications, I thank God that I qualify for any one of them. And so my response is always, as it is to my higher power, just use me in any way you need to. Just use me. That I will send a text to Leah that says, just put me in anywhere. 
anywhere you need me, I'm willing to serve because I am so grateful for all the gifts that I have received. And um, I thank you very much for the opportunity to share this morning. I pass. Thank you, Mary B. Well, who would like to share on what Mary B. just read, but specifically an overview of steps 10, 11, and 12? Katie G from Boston. I heard Larry. Katie G from Boston. I heard Katie G from Boston. Something R. Nessa R. Nessa R. Julie R. Barbara E. Barbara E. from New Jersey. EJ. Amy G. EJ, was it? Yes. Oh, I know who it is. D and then J. Yes. Who was after D, J? Morrissey. Morrissey. Dorita P. Dorita P. Well, I'm going to say someone other than Kim G. Sorry, it was Amy G trying to get in there. That's okay. Amy G. Amy G. Okay. So here's who I have. Larry K, Katie G, Nessa R, Kim G, Julie R, Barbara E, D, J, Maura Z, Dorita P, and Amy G. Was anyone trying to get in that I'd missed? Okay, then go ahead, Larry K. Okay, thanks so much. Uh, Can you hear me okay, by the way? I hear you, Larry. Okay, thanks so much. Um, Larry Kay, Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Chicago. The, uh, so, so for those of us who have done the work up to this point, um, you know, we, we've chosen to let God direct our lives. And, you know, now let's examine what we need to do in order to expand this new God consciousness. And, well, we need to live the 10th, 11th, and 12th steps on a daily basis. And our text is going to provide us with, uh, it gives me specific instructions on how to do that. And steps 10, 11, and 12 are, are of course, you know, referred to as the maintenance and growth steps. So I'm going to try to maintain and grow what I've been so graciously given. And I'm going to try to, to, to do these things in practice on a daily basis. And if we're truly practicing these principles in all our affairs, then we're going to be able to continue to stay on this pathway. And it's, it's by continuing to take a daily inventory, continuing with a daily prayer and meditation practice, and continuing to help other uh, sufferers so we can continue to grow along spiritual lines and keep ourselves to be in fit uh, service to God and to those about us. Now, you know, for me, um, uh, you know, how do I know when I'm still acting out of self-will well to the extent that we're that i'm resentful fearful selfish dishonest prideful jealous envious lazy that you know this is going to give me some indication and i'm human and having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps you know it never promised that it would you know result in a in a springboard to perfection you know that's not what was promised to me after all to be human is to be broken and as I've heard it said, broken is, is its, its own kind of beautiful, you know. And in my brokenness, by God's grace, I can still be forgiving, loving, honest, humble, trusting, and content. 
And when we take actions based on these attributes, we can be certain that we're acting in accordance with the higher power's will for us. So for me, living in steps 10, 11, and 12 is perhaps the furthest thing from, from some sort of conceptual headspace. It's merely taking the actions associated with the, these maintenance steps every day to the best of my ability. Um, you know, the last I'll say is there's no spiritual growth to be had by lying to myself. And if I'm still looking for some escape hatch to my prison cell or some fantasy kind of ejection button that will transport me to Neverland here, you know, uh, I'm not going to find it in 10, 11, 12. I mean, I, you know, how delusional was it when I, you know, have a 10-step turnaround script in my left hand, my phone cradled, and, uh, you know, and, and my, you know, my binge foods in my right hand. You know, that, it doesn't work that way. I can't have the crack pipe in my right hand and try to use the 10-step to uh, turn things around. I've got to work these steps in sequence. So with that, I'll pass. Thanks so much. Thanks, Larry Kay. Katie G. Good morning, Rebecca. Can I be heard? I hear you, Katie. Good morning, everyone. This is Katie G, a recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic and bulimic in Boston, Mass. And so grateful to be talking about this today. I think I wanted to start off by two common misconceptions I hear about 10, 11, and 12. Number one, I'm living in 10, 11, and 12, and I'm eating. So in my humble opinion, you guys can disagree with me. That's okay. For me, if I pick up the food, I'm not in 10, 11, and 12, whether I go back to step one or not. I have, I've gone back to step one because food has become my solution again. So I can't live in the sunlight of the spirit if the sunlight of the spirit is completely blocked by food. The second is, and in Boston, we have a very, like, um, specific way of training to learn what 10, 11, and 12 is. What I've been taught on a daily basis is the step 10 is the walking around step, right? Step 10 is I'm walking around, boom, boss gets in my face, I'm agitated, and I go. For me, I go into the bathroom, I get on my knees, and I take the four steps of ten, step 10. One, humbly ask God to remove it. Two, ask someone to uh, talk about it with somebody else. Three, make amends. Four, throw myself harder into helping others, right? So I do a step 10 turnaround. I, I say, I'm resentful at the boss, what she did wrong, called me out on something I made a mistake on, what it affects, and then where am I selfish, dishonest, self-seeking, and afraid? That's through the day, okay? And then at night, when I retire at night, I constructively review my day, right? Where was I? And for me, step 11 starts off with the formal written step 11. Where am I selfish? Where am I resentful, selfish, dishonest, and afraid? And for me, even if I have a judgment, I always am doing at least one turnaround because I have a crazy mind and I don't ever want it to get control of me again. So I do my formal written step 11 where I answer the questions, and then I use those defects of character in this beautiful way of saying, oh my gosh, okay, so this is where I fell short on step 10. This is where I fell short on step 11. Hey, God, I'm here. Thanks for keeping me absent, sober, and sane. This is where I fell short. Okay, then I go to sleep. I get up in the morning. I pray. I ask God for help. This is step 11. I talk to other people, my sponsor included, spiritual considerations, how to get through the day, and I'm back in 10. And then, and I'll just, this is my last 30 seconds, step 12 comes in because all of this work 
anything I do, right, I got to help others. Anytime I'm selfish, I got to help others. Anytime I breathe, I got to help others. Death of self for successful living, sponsoring, showing up at meeting on time, helping others, calling people, shutting my mouth, asking how I can be of service. Step 12 keeps me alive because it is the antidote to the step 10 and 11 turnarounds I'm doing. So um, I'm going to keep showing it up, uh, showing up absolutely imperfectly and in entire abstinence, step 10, 11, and 12, to grow and change. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Katie G. Nessa R. Nessa? Hi, I'm here. Good morning, uh, Vision for Youth, Nessa R. I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. So these, the 12 steps um, are the, the, the preface to the, to the uh, introduction of the steps in stage 58 says. Um, it's a suggested program of recovery. And it tells us in the doctor's opinion um, that um, the reader will be interested in the medical estimate of the plan of recovery. And there it is again. It's a plan of recovery, a program of recovery, not a plan of abstinence and not a program of abstinence because abstinence is not the goal. If I only pursue abstinence, I will not even have abstinence in the end. I have to pursue recovery. You know, and this is why I have to do the 12 steps um, in abstinence and in sequence, I cannot suffice just with abstinence and the tools because I'm going to go back to the food if I do that. And, and as I said before, the goal is recovery. What is recovery? A recovery is a psychic change, a change in personality. And my personality is the way I think, the way I feel, and the way I act. And everything starts with the thought. And for me, this is... This is um, um, exemplifying steps 10, 11, and 12, because steps one to nine, I learn the skill set. But it is in steps 10, 11, and 12 that I start to practice that skill set until it becomes a working part of my mind. That, that's why for me, these steps are the psychic change steps. You know, and that's why, you know, like the, 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 the promise of neutrality around the food um, is after step 10, not after step nine. Um, and I've seen so many people, so many of my sponsees um, and people in the room who they get to step nine, they do their amends, they finish everything, they put the book back on the shelf, and they think they're done. Um, and, you know, the mind doesn't change. Um, the mind requires a lot of repetition in order to incorporate something new into its thought process. And so if I don't practice what I've learned, I'm going to go back to my old patterns. You know, if I am left to my old um, devices, I, I know what I'm going to do. Food is going to become my solution again very, very, very quickly. So I have to practice, practice, practice. And I have to practice a lot because I, I practice my old thought process for over four decades. I have only been recovered for about five and a half years. Five and a half years over four decades, I have to be doing a lot of practicing. And that's why steps 10, 11, and 12, the practice steps, the psychic change steps, are so crucial and so important for, for recovery. Recovery will not ensue after finishing just step nine. I mean, there, there will be some spiritual awakening for sure. But I really need 
this way of life to become a working part of the mind so that I can be transformed. So the food will cease to be a factor in my life and the biggest factor in my life, my real solution is God. And I pass. Thanks, Nessa R. Kim G. Good morning, Rebecca. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G. I'm a recovered compulsive. All right, buddy. Um, Wait, one second, Kim. Is there someone unmuted that interrupted? Please check your lines. And sorry to interrupt as well. Go ahead, Kim. Let me reset the timer. Hold on. Okay. Okay, so... um, I just love this, what I've been hearing before this, and I wanted to bring out a line in the spiritual experience that says, we've had a personality change sufficient to bring about recovery. That's what the steps are intended to do. But I love how it says bring about recovery. It's not enough to maintain recovery just to go through the steps. We have to then live in those steps. You know, in step 10, it tells us our next function is to grow in understanding and effectiveness. So I can't sit still in recovery. You know, often when I get phone calls, the first question I ask is, can you tell me where you are in the steps? And my hair in the back of my neck goes up and someone goes, oh, yeah, well, I did the steps last year, or I did the steps three years ago. We never stop doing the steps. And we've heard some great reasons in these shares. Why, why is that? You know, in steps one through nine, I get unblocked, but it's only through 10, 11, and 12 that I stay unblocked. The daily reprieve, we, in my opinion, have watered down in 12-step programs to one day at a time white-knuckling our food. The big book asks us if we're done with the food. We have to be abstinent to embark to begin this program. The, the one day at a time, the daily reprieve comes after we've had a spiritual awakening. And in order to keep that, I need to continue to do this work. You know, in 4 through 9, I've had the luxury of looking back at my life, however many decades that was. Step 10 is how do I utilize that skill set in the moment? Now the guy cut me off in traffic. How do I get undisturbed? And in step 11, there's three practices, and I'm not going to go over them because KDG did a great job. But if I'm not doing all three of those practices, then I'm not doing step 11. You know, in step 12, you know, we often, I often heard keep it green. I thought that meant I had to sit there and remember how miserable it was to be a compulsive overeater. The way that I keep it green today is I'm working with newcomers. I am, I, am being, I am being taught my powerlessness by helping others identify their own powerlessness. And step 12 says practicing these principles in all my affairs. You know, my recovery grows and dies on the 23 hours I'm not in the meeting. That's where my growth is. And I just want to slam home, I'm sorry to call out Katie again, but I want to slam home this idea. If you've picked up the food, you are blocked again. You need to get unblocked through one through nine. I hear so many people saying they're doing a 10-step and they're two days abstinent and they're frustrated that the steps aren't working. They're not supposed to work. If you're in the food, you've chosen food over a higher power. You need to get unblocked again in order to be able to practice 10, 11, and 12. I think that's such a dangerous message, unfortunately, I'm hearing more consistently lately. And I want to end with this. For many years, I did the OA waltz. Steps one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, and it always followed with relapse. Now that I've had a spiritual personality change sufficient to bring about recovery, I do the big book waltz. Steps 10, 11, 12, 10, 11, 12, 10, 11, 12, and I live happy, joyous, and free. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Kim G. Julie R. Hi, thank you. This is Julie R., Recovered Compulsive Overeater. 
you know, um, steps 10, 11, 12 are in a chapter called Into Action. But right before that, it t- it's talking about what is our state of mind? What are our actions like? And, you know, sometimes they're referred to as the promises, right? It's asking me um, if I've been painstaking so far that I'm not going to regret the past. I'm going to know peace. I'm going to have serenity. I am going to be less of Julie, more of my fellows. So even before step 10 begins, it's always setting the stage what I should be experiencing. And, you know, when I, living in 10, 11, and 12 has become a real cliche because, well, what does that mean? It's action, action, action. It's, you know, constantly me checking in with myself. And as soon as something happens, if I'm getting resentful, irritated, whatever, I go to my God. I don't always have to go to a person, but I go to God first, and I get to see where I am running the show. So there's very specific directions on pages 84, 85, 86, 87 that tell me what to do. So how do I live in 10, 11, and 12? Like I said, 10, spot check inventory. When I have something going on at work and the engineer is not doing it my way, I will sit quietly in the meeting and I will pray for direction. And if I need to talk to another person, if, if it's not being relieved, I will leave the room or I will do something on my app that I have. And I'll sit quietly and wait for direction from my God. So these are, these are action, into action. That's why it's in this paragraph. And it's like step 11, too. It, it, it tells you exactly what to do in the morning, during the day, and at night. You know, more inventory. Where is Julie living? Is she living in self or is she living for her creator? And 12, and I love that. When was the last time that I heard a fifth step? I have to, you know, I stole that from somebody else. When was the last time I called a newcomer? When was the last time I read the doctor's opinion with somebody? When was the last time that I, um, you know, answered the phone in the middle of the night because I know it's somebody who's knee deep in the food? It's being of service. And it's not just being of service to program. It's being of service to my family. It's, It's being of service to friends and my employer. So 10, 11, and 12, yeah, these are not maintenance steps. These are growth steps. And I have to do them every day. And again, I go back to those promises. If you're in the food, you're not having peace and serenity. You're not free. So step 10 is a long ways away from that. So um, I'm grateful to be free of, of the food and, and free of half of my ego. So with that, I pass. Thanks, Julia. Barbara E., you're next. Good morning, everyone. Am I able to be heard? Yes, Barbara E. Oh, thank you so much. My sponsor has laid it out very clearly for me what I have to do when I am in step 10. As soon as I notice that twinge that tells me something is not quite right, I have to do a review immediately. It's my higher power's way of giving me the chance to act as if I'm the, pardon me, the opposite of my character defect because my higher power tells me he will not remove the character defect until he believes I've learned enough and practiced the opposite enough. It gives me the opportunity to practice the asset and 
The important part, according to my sponsor, is to realize that whatever is happening in my life is just a learning process. Um, I, if I am feeling angry, I am worried, afraid about anything, if I've done a harm to someone, I immediately do steps four through nine and step five relative to the specific resentment, fear, or harm. If I'm upset, immediately do the resentment inventory and stop being angry. Same way with worried, afraid, immediately the fear inventory, the harm inventory, if I've hurt someone, and ask God to remove these characters and teach me to be the opposite, as if I have already these character defects. Step 10, I'm sorry, step 9, if an apology is needed, make it. Um, Then make plans about how I'm going to amend my ways. And call my sponsor or email my sponsor and say, hi, this is Barbara. I was just arrogant, inconsiderate, selfish, dishonest, self-seeking. She doesn't want me to go into detail because she has told me that resentment comes from the word centauri, which means to feel. And if I put re in front of it, it means to feel it again. She wants me to get rid of it immediately or else I'm carrying it around, refilling it, regrowing it like a fishtail every time I think about it. And soon it becomes a justified resentment. So I have to make my goal to get rid of these resentments before they block me off. And I am so grateful for these very specific steps on step 10. Step 11, she has me reviewing. She doesn't feel it's part of step 10. Reviewing and making plans for a new wonderful day, free of no new wreckage. And I have had three awesome days totally removed from wreckage the last three days. It's been wonderful. She told me I'd call her up in the morning crying that it was so hard to come home and be kind, tolerant, accepting, no new wreckage. And I did it. And I feel glorious. I am so glad for this meeting. Thank you all. Pass. Thank you, Barbara E. D.J. Your turn. Morning, everybody. Thank you. This is D.J., a compulsive overeater, undereater, all of it. Um, I am in this phase of my recovery, which is different from any other kind of OA recovery I have ever experienced, first and foremost in the fact that I have actually experienced abstinence in the last week and a half or so, as opposed to dieting and white-knuckling. My my notion that I completed the step several times prior, as I'm being disabused of that notion rapidly, but it was good enough. I can't I can't erase the enormously beneficial effects that just sort of getting close to the twelve steps has had in my life. It has been profound, um, but the the personal transformation that's going on now because I'm not in a diet. And my whole spirit is alive and uh, unwell, 
you know, and I had some days of extreme calmness, but now I see, you know, I I yearn, you know, to get through the steps, which I will in, in, in their good time. But the, the ability to continue to take personal inventory and prayer and meditation and then eventually working with others, which was always a terrifying notion, and rightly so, because I, I knew on a deep level that I didn't have the goods. <laughs> and every time I tried to help someone, it just crashed and burned because it wasn't deeply rooted in the big book I come to see now. And it wasn't deeply rooted in anything but, you know, getting everybody's food plan the way it needed to be or some such, which really kept me in disease profoundly. As much as sugar, uh, that that obsession over food plans. Anyway, I... I I am so grateful for this program. I am so grateful for the practitioners of a vision through you, uh, a vision for you, and I, I can't wait for the moment that and all of the insights I'm hearing now from those of you who've really gone through the steps in a state of true abstinence just really glow with a change in spirit. You know, I can hear it in every word you say. The trueness of it, the real recovery. The stuff that I really always yearned for whenever I got near the big book, I've come to understand that that's the only thing that's going to put the fires out in this crazy attic. And I thank you all, and I pass. Thank you, DJ. Before we go on, I just want to let anyone know who might have gotten on the line late that we're on page 59. Here are the steps we took. We read all 12 steps over to page 60, and we're sharing on an overview of steps 10, 11, and 12. Maura Z. Good morning, Rebecca. Thank you for your service. Maura Z recovered in Virginia. And um, I had a very profound experience last night in the middle of the night where I awoke myself from literally yelling help in a very muffled way. It's a nightmare I've had recurring over my whole life. It's it's quite terrifying. And as I awoke from it last night, the thought came to my mind that I'm going mad. I'm literally going mad. I've lost my mind. And and exactly as soon as that thought was done, the thought came into my mind, the word came into my mind, God, Maura, go to God, bring this to God. This is not of you. This is your ego. This is your disease. They are BFFs, and they are trying to let you know that you are nothing. And I immediately... Because of the relationship I have been so very blessed with, with knowing my God, finally, I was able to sit right up in bed and pray as if my life depended upon it. And I asked him to take it. And when I awoke this morning and I took care of my dog and I was able to take two minutes, I sat and I prayed. I prayed and I prayed and I asked him to take this all from me. And then I sat down at my computer and I pulled up a fear sheet because that's what I do. 
because that is what I do now that I've worked these steps and I've been taught how to do these. And I sat and I prayed and I understood that what God would have me be was to be faithful and know that he is always with me. The day goes on as I do every day. And at the end of the day, God willing, I will have worked through this. I will have picked up the phone. I will have called other people. And I have been relieved of this fear as I feel I have already been relieved. But I will also talk with a newcomer this evening. And I will probably talk with another newcomer sometime during the day. Because what I need to do right now is to turn my attention to someone I can help. That's what I need to do. That's what step 12 tells me to do. That's what step 10 turnaround tells me to do. I live in step 10, 11, and 12, and I love what was shared earlier, that these are not the maintenance steps as I was once told. The big book gives us these steps in the order they've been given. 10, 11, and 12 come after I've done all of the work that I've needed to clean house. That being said, 10, 11, and 12 help me to learn more about my relationship with my higher power and to grow with him in my life. And that's what I'm doing daily. And thank you with that, I pass. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you, Morrissey. Sarita P. Did you ask for Dorita P? I did. Good morning, Dorita. Okay, thank you. I'm sorry. I was uh, I was unmuting. You that's no problem. Thank you. Okay. Hi, my name is Dorita P from Cleveland. And I am a re- recovered compulsive overeater and I'm really grateful to be here. I love a vision for you. I I I'd love it, but the disease hates a vision for you. And um so I've been spreading the word of a vision for you. And what I say is, you know, a vision for you is uh, the most recovery in OA anywhere in the world. There's like 300 people on the line every morning. And and um, what else do I say? Um, oh, and there's over 4,000 people on a member list. So I'm just really grateful for a vision for you. And we're talking about uh, the step. And on page uh, 10 of our uh, very first meditation book called For Today, it says, uh, the third paragraph, it says, um, the steps are the program of recovery in its entirety. Everything else is intended to support that process. Yeah, so that's January 10th on page 10. And I am really grateful for the steps. And then on page 86 of the big book, it, it talks about when we retire at night. And it says, uh, were we resentful, selfish, dishonest, or afraid? Do we owe an apology? Have we kept something to ourselves which should be discussed with another person at once? And uh, so uh, my boyfriend criticized me uh, uh, Saturday. And for me, um, you know, I never, I forget what word, uh, people use, but I, I never, you know, um, I never did good when people criticized me and, um, something to criticism. But anyway, um, 
So when I was criticized on the job, you know, I I felt like I was going to get fired. And, you know, not necessarily, you know, somebody might criticize you and they want you to correct your behavior. They, they, they like you, you know, a lot of, a lot of times they like you, but, and then I, I, I um, think too, you know, if a person for me, like if a person take the time to criticize me, I think they like me enough to, because for me, um, I won't criticize a person and I just won't deal with them. I just won't deal with them at all. So my boyfriend criticized me the other day, and I'm really grateful that I thought about it. He said that, uh, what did he say? He said that I, um, I'm, what did he say? I am confrontational. So I had to look at that, and I apologized to him, and we're together today. But I was going to run from the relationship, and I'm really grateful that I didn't run. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Dorita P. Amy G. Amy? Amy G, are you on the line? Can you start one to unmute? Okay. You know, um, we have a little bit more time. Is there, are there a couple of others who would like to share? And we'll Tina S? Okay, let me just take the two of you, Tina S. and Linda D. Go go ahead, Tina S. Thanks so much, Rebecca, for your service. Tina S., Recovered Compulsive Eater, Anorexic in Florida. Wow, I just have to say, wow, what a fabulous meeting. Uh, You know, I am uh, glad that that I've got my seat in, um, in this meeting and in Overeaters Anonymous. You know, I just wanted to share that, and I'm, I'm sure everybody's shared it, but, you know, it tells me in, in the AA 12 and 12, in the 10th step, that it's a spiritual axiom, and that's a spiritual truth, that when I'm disturbed, there's something wrong right here. Because most of my life, it was about you. And if it's about you today, I'm screwed. You know, the only thing that I can have any type of, not even control, but some kind of semblance of having a power uh, help me with is myself, you know, so when I'm looking at me, there are things that God can help me change, and then maybe I have a shot, and I also love that it was already talked about that in 11 step, there are three specific instructions, when we retire at night, on awakening, and throughout the day, and when I do those things, you know, my life is just fabulous, you know, and maybe not my life, me, you know, shit can be happening, but I have a way to live today that is in peace and serenity and that I can deal with whatever is going on, you know, and I never had that before, you know, and then in the 12 steps, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, you know, I don't have a spiritual awakening unless I'm doing the deal. All 12 of them, you know, I wanted to do the, the, uh, Waltz also one two three one two three and I never got anywhere, you know. So today, through the process of the twelve steps and the transformation that comes about through working these steps and helping someone else, I get a life beyond my wildest dreams. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thanks, Tina S. Amy D. Are you back on the line? Linda D. Okay. Yeah, this is yeah. Amy. Okay, we'll take Amy G and then Linda D. If you could both do a couple, two or so minutes instead of three. Oh, thank okay, you, Amy great. G. 
just timed me. I'm so sorry. I'm traveling down the road, and my reception just went out the window. Hopefully, it'll stay well. My name's Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive reader from Maryland. I don't have anything new to say, but it just it bears repeating that this idea it talks about in the big book in reference to 10, 11, and 12. You know, why do we eat or drink? It's because we're restless, irritable, and discontent. And until we can again sense the ease and comfort that comes from taking a bite or a drink, you know, this is my go-to. This is what I did. I didn't know how to handle life. And when I was restless, irritable, discontent, I went for the food. And so, as others have said, we need a personality change sufficient to bring about recovery. What is it that's going to keep me from putting my food in my mouth? What is it that's going to keep me from triggering this mental obsession? And it's the process of working the 12 steps and then living, these, practicing these principles in all my affairs in 10, 11, and 12. And there was this mention about, about service and how important service is. That is an integral part of my spiritual maintenance. My recovery is contingent on the maintenance of my spiritual condition. And part of that, a large part of that, is not just prayer and meditation in my 10th and 11th step. It is my being of service to the still-suffering compulsive overeater at many, many levels in many different ways. Just to give you an example, in our Maryland area, we almost had to close the Maryland, D.C. area in a group because we didn't have anyone to step up into service positions. Uh, it's not just about sponsoring. It's also about having websites, about having where and whens. It's about having a, um, an inner group. And that is something that we as recovered people should be doing and be out there and being of service. So I'll get off my little high horse on that one, but I just wanted to share. Awesome meeting. Thanks so much. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Amy G. Linda G. Hi, everybody. It's Linda D. from Connecticut. Um, the thing that comes to mind now, I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Isn't that amazing? I've been in OA 35 years, and I have four and a half years of back-to-back perfect, perfect abstinence and my recoveries going off the chart, you know, for great. Does that mean I live this fabulous Hollywood life? Of course not. I'm on the earth. But I have, I've never had it so good, as a friend of mine says. And the thing of it is that I didn't understand for a really long time about living, living these steps, especially 10, 11, and 12, is that it's not about getting good enough. It's not about perfecting myself. It's about loving myself, other people, and the world. And that's very... Um, high inspirational level. Do you think I can cough that up? I cannot. It's a relationship with a higher power, and it's very, very dynamic, and it requires work. I have to change, so I'm going to go through fears because I was a little kid inside, a very hurt little kid, and I didn't know how to live. I just knew how to hide in food. I was very, very self-destructive, although I wouldn't have recognized that. So it's out of the fear and into the love, and those steps do that. That's what an authentic self is. When people say death of self, which I hear often in the program, it means the death of a self-destructiveness. And the authenticity, the person God wants me to be, is healthy and happy and loves who they are. And it takes work, and it's wonderful, even if it's 
also touchy sometimes, that's okay because I have peace at the core. Thanks. I pass. Thanks, Linda G. What great timing, everyone. Thank you, everyone, for your participation in this meeting and for the opportunity to be of service. The reference number for this meeting, Monday, June 26, 2017, 7 a.m. Eastern Time is 10087. 10087. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Craig F. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only to the end of the page. Craig F. Star one. Lisa B., are you available? Can you hear me now? Oh, I hear you, Craig. Yes. Thanks yeah, anyway. I'm talking away. I hit the mute on my phone phone. Um, this is Craig F., recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And um, I want to say real quick before I read this that if you listen, uh, especially to these two paragraphs, you'll hear what we've been talking about this morning. So here we go. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great offense will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to God and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.